Welcome to Slaking Thirst, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. It's good to see uh, that you've not uh, turned into uh, Eskimos and igloos since yesterday. We had a very small crowd here yesterday morning, but it's good to see many of you back here this morning. Okay, I want to look at this first reading, um, in particular this line from um, what the Lord speaks through Samuel. Do not judge from his appearance or from his lofty stature, because I have rejected him. Not as man sees does God see, because he sees the appearance, but the Lord looks into the heart. So you've got Jesse bringing before Samuel all of his sons, um, the cream of the crop, the strongest, the biggest, and he's thinking, well, surely my oldest son, the strongest, the biggest, this has got to be who the Lord is choosing for his anointed. And again, no, not him, not him, not him, not him, down through the line. The Lord sees things in ways that are just so different than how we see them, right? When I was... uh, still training at a high level in Taekwondo. I don't know if you know this, but I used to be on the U.S. national team training in Taekwondo, fighting all over the country. It was, it was, it was my sport. I was a fighter, and I'm a lover. So, uh, but the, uh, the Olympic Training Center in Denver, Colorado, had this big motto on the side of the wall that said, higher, faster, stronger. Higher, faster, stronger. Like this Olympic motto, higher, fa- higher faster, stronger. You know, if the Lord had a motto, it would be the opposite. It would be lower and slower and smaller. Lower, slower, smaller. It's just how he works. It's how he does things. You know, if I was in charge, if the Lord had me in charge of writing and directing and casting the story of salvation history, it would look so different. It would look so, so, so different. The cast of characters that I would choose would probably be a lot more impressive their spiritual and moral fiber would be way more impressive. Like, I wouldn't have chosen, as the Lord does, I wouldn't have chosen the weak of the world to shame the wise or to shame the strong. I don't think any of us would. I think all of us, if we were given the opportunity to cast the story, to direct the story, we would, we would have made choices very different than the Lord does, than the Lord did. And yet, over and over again, this, this sort of, this pattern, this choosing of David, choosing the littlest, choosing the unlikeliest, this paradigm, this pattern uh, appears over and over again, right? The Lord's saying, um, I need someone to be the great patriarch of my people, a man willing to up and move and be the father of a great nation, multitudes, right? Who should I pick? How about that guy Abraham, who's 100 years old and has no kids? Perfect, right? Or I need someone to be my spokesman, my mouthpiece to lead the Jews, my chosen people, out of slavery in Egypt into freedom. How about the crown prince, the former crown prince of Egypt, a murderer with a speech impediment? That guy's perfect, right? Or I need someone to be the king of my people, a mighty ruler, a mighty ruler, a great warrior, someone powerful and commanding, someone impressive. How about the littlest brother of Jesse, the youngest one, not even big enough to wield a sword or hold a shield? Perfect. We'll take him, right? Or I need someone to be the mother of my son. How about that virgin, Mary? Because that makes sense, right? 
Like, this is the pattern of the Lord. I need someone to be the great prophet, the apostle to the Gentiles. How about Saul of Tarsus, the Pharisee of Pharisees, studying to be the successor of Gamaliel, who has nothing to do with Gentiles? Perfect. We'll choose him, right? And it's not even just people that the Lord does this with. It's this, this principle. It applies in, like, cultural situations. Again, this is not how I would do things, but this is how the Lord does things. He allows his people to suffer slavery for hundreds of years. He allows his people to suffer the calamitous collapse of the Babylonian capture, the exile, the break apart of the kingdom. He allows awful kings to come to the throne. He allows all sorts of crazy things. It seems like, Lord, why are you doing this? And he's saying, again, you're judging from the external appearance. You're not seeing the way I'm seeing. This seems like we can look at our own situation. This seems calamitous. This seems like it's going to destroy the church. This pope, this decision, this thing, this thing, this. It all seems, this seems terrible. And he's saying, you're still judging from the external. You don't see like I see. So again, what's the invitation? It's one of trust. Trust that the Lord is using you in ways that you can't even begin to fathom. Trust that the Lord is ordering and orchestrating history in a way that you can't fathom. And trust that when things seem the darkest, when they seem the bleakest, when they seem the most hopeless, just give it three days and just watch what he does. Amen.